to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Our topic today is saying yes to life when facing a terminal diagnosis. Norma was a 90-year-old woman who had just become a widow after 67 years of marriage when she found out she had uterine cancer. Instead of surgery and chemo, she chose to join her son and daughter-in-law traveling the country and saying yes to life. Her son, Tim, and daughter-in-law, Rainey, documented Norma's adventures and joy on Facebook throughout their year-long journey. Millions of people found inspiration when they heard of Miss Norma's zest for living through Facebook, interviews on the Today Show, CBS News, NPR, All Things Considered, The Huffington Post, and many more. It is my great pleasure to introduce you to Tim Bauerschmidt and Ramey Little. Welcome, Tim and Ramey. Well, hey, thanks Thank you. for having us, Lori. Great to, great to chat with you today. Hello. It's, well, first of all, where are you chatting from today? Uh, we're on San Juan Island uh, on the, off the coast of uh, Washington State near the Canadian border. Actually, we're at the very same place where my mom died. We, we serendipitously ended up here uh, during the pandemic, and this is where we are. Wow, it's a beautiful place. Well, yeah. Tim, could, to start off, could you tell us a little bit about yours and Ramey's lifestyle? And just, just let's start <laughs> there. This is a lifestyle choice? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I found a woman that was simpatico with my, my choices. Uh, we, were, we were professional nomads. And mind you, this is well before the movie Nomadtopia came out. And unlike uh, Francis McDermott, we weren't chasing the, the uh, seasons in search of employment. We were in search of visiting family and, and friends that we've curated over the years. We always started our winters in Mexico and then when it got warmer, we would work our way up north and catch maybe four or five springs, come visit Ramey's mom in Pennsylvania and then always head up to Northern Michigan where my parents lived. And uh, that's that one summer we arrived to find the crisis that uh, started this whole journey for us. So maybe you could t give us a little background on, on what that crisis with was and and um, your mother's diagnosis. Uh, well, we, we arrived to the house and nobody showed up at the door, which was very unusual. And we went inside to find my mom helping my father down the hallway. He was in excruciating pain. It turned out he had a fractured back and compression fractures. Uh, we had one one sort of meal with them, and the next day we were at the doctor's. The following day we were at the a hospital and 10 days later he died of um, who knows he just he was on fentanyl and everything it just threw his body out of whack he was old and unable to, to manage and he, he died and it was uh, during this time that my mom revealed to Ramey that she was having some problems she was bleeding and uh, had uh, some appointments that were being met while my dad was dying upstairs in the hospital Ramey was downstairs with the doctors and uh, we found out two days after my dad died officially that my mom had endometrial cancer. So what were your thoughts about the best way to support your mom as she faced this diagnosis? Well, I always believe in choices, choices for everyone. My, my mom made the choice herself not to seek treatment and I, I had to support that. You know, I, I, I understood why she didn't. I, my sister died of cancer. My dad had an excruciating death in the hospital. Uh, I knew she didn't want to go through that. But afterwards, we we like to give her choices that we could live with, <laughs> like give her the choice of whether she wanted to stay in Michigan in an assisted living facility or come with us, for example, things like that. So rather than have her come up out of the, out of the 
thin air any ideas for things, we, we presented choices and if we found that was a much easier way to approach this, for her to make a choice out of a, a, some, some sound presentations. So I guess it was her choice to hit the road or did she decide that that was the best of both choices? <laughs> Well, Randy and I really didn't talk about it. We we just looked at each other. We again, we were nomads. We were we were actually on our way back down to Mexico from from Michigan. We had everything loaded up, ready to go. After we left them, we were heading to California back down. Uh, we 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 I forgot what I was going to say. We we didn't really talk about it. No. Yet I think in our heart of hearts, we knew. Uh, that we needed to to put that out there and to offer for her to live with us. And at the time we lived in a 19 foot Airstream travel trailer. I mean, think about how, the size of 19 feet. It's um, pretty tiny. So we knew that wasn't going to work. And we said, you know, you can come along. We know our house has wheels and we can get a, a, a larger home. And, um, and, and we also said, you know, we have some time, you know, it takes a while to close up someone's affairs after they've died. And we said, you know, really think about it. And, and when you're ready to make the decision, let us know. There's no hurry. And um, a minute and a half later, she said, I think I'd like to come along. Yeah, it was that simple. A simple nod, I think I'd like to come along. Yeah. And so the two of us at that point were like, oh, okay, let's yeah. figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we moved forward from yeah. there. But because um, understand, yeah. we didn't, we didn't talk about it. We didn't make a list of pros and cons of how, how this might affect our marriage, our lifestyle. Could we even do it? Is it possible? Yeah. We just knew we had to do it. And, and, and we just blurted it out and she accepted. And we we're so happy. Within 90 started. seconds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eating a dill pickle and a ham salad sandwich. It was <laughs> that quick. <laughs> well, when did the adventure begin? What what year? What month? It was August of 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, five weeks after my father died, we got, believe it or not, all the affairs taken care of his estate. Uh, we decided to uh, just close the house up. We didn't clean the house. We didn't move a thing. We just, I, I drained the pipes, locked the doors, and we took off. Uh, not knowing how long the adventure was last, we, 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 said we'll leave for a year if if we last a year we'll come back and you can decide but initially our, our idea is we'd come back in a year and see how things were well Ramey you are the one I believe that decided to chronicle your adventures on Facebook what made you decide to do that what inspired you well before we we showed up at Norma's house I was keeping a, a, a travel blog and for years you know because we've been traveling for a long time and and so I had been writing and, and um, you know throwing photographs up for a long time um, but it's kind of a cumbersome process and I thought you know this is this is going to be a busy time for us and um, and it just was way easier to, to, to throw those things up on Facebook. Um, and so I did because I wanted my mom and a handful of our friends to know where we were and what we what we were up to. So we started out with I think twelve, 12, it was 12 an audience people of twelve, yeah, that, that were following yeah. along on our on our Facebook page. Well, you are listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guests are authors of Driving Miss Norma, Tim Bowerschmidt, and Rainy Little. And so you started at 12, 
uh, viewers on Facebook. And how many do you have now? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a it was a process for sure. We um, we had we had a dozen people, and then our friends were like, "Hey, this is really cool. Look what you know. Look what our pals are doing." And they would share our page. And and by the time we made it from Michigan to Colorado, I think we had a hundred people. And and we sent a postcard to the one hundredth follower on our page. And um, by about six months in, we had five hundred and twenty people following us. And um, you know, I don't check anymore, but we, the, the most that we've had is, is, um, 528,000 followers. Yeah, we're just under 500,000 so, still, you know, yeah. five years after my mom, six back, years, six, yeah. six years after we started, we're still at a half a million people. Yeah. Well, so could you tell us some of the adventures, uh, Miss Norma had and, and her perspective on, on this trip that she was taking with you? So I, as as Tim was getting us all the practical things ready, you know, he went and and picked up a new motorhome and um, made sure that we were safe. He's also our our chef, and so he does kind of all the things on the bottom of the you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. He's you know food, shelter, safety, and so I took on the role of um, the things higher up in that pyramid and and trying to figure out what how are we going to enrich our lives. And, and so I sat down with Norma in her home and said, what do you want to do? What's on your bucket list? We can go anywhere in the country. Just tell me. And she would just say, oh, I don't know. It all sounds nice. And <laughs> you think after 90 years, it was maybe one, one place you wanted to you go. Think about you a little bit. And she said, well, you know, I've, I've always liked to see the president's heads. So to me, that was Mount Rushmore, which, you know, that was a good assumption. And, and so he said, okay, that's great. You know, that's kind of on the same Northern tier of where she lived. And um, we'll, so we'll start driving West. And so that was, that was our, our first stop real, you know, real stop that, that we wanted to make that was sure the goal, that the first the goal. goal. Yeah. Um, we weren't sure she was going to make it health wise. And so it became the, to keep her alive and well, um, long enough to get her to Mount Rushmore. And so we did that. She really enjoyed her time there. And, you know, once you get there, you can't miss the national parks in Wyoming, right? So Yellowstone and the Tetons. And um, we had friends and family in Colorado. So we made our way down the Rocky Mountains and, and um, did a lot of um, national park stuff. And she loved the outdoors, loved being in nature, um, exploring the different parts of the country as far as that was concerned. So we spent a couple months out West mm -hmm. and then we had a reservation in New Orleans for Thanksgiving. And so we knew we had to head back East to do that. And then, um, cobble together some things in Florida yeah. for the winter. Yeah. We, and, we knew she wouldn't be able to go to Mexico with us right away because of, of yeah. the cultural difference. And uh, it, 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 she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we made do with Florida. And and so in Florida, one of the things that we learned about her when we were packing up her house is that she and Leo, her husband, always wanted to go on a hot air balloon ride. And they had never told us that ever. Um, but we found things, you know, as bookmarks in their books. We found them in, in file cabinets, little clippings from the newspaper about hot air balloon rides. And um, even, even one was stuck on the refrigerator with a magnet. And so 
um, we really worked hard to try to find an opportunity for her to go hot air balloon riding. And, um, and it's tricky because typically you stand up in a basket and she couldn't stand up for that long, but, but we, we got that figured out. That was a big deal. Yeah. And it was at this time that we, we started to go viral. Our story got picked up by the Good News Network. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's, a, it's an online news venue that has nothing but good stories. And immediately we got 50,000 hits on that story. And then immediately our story started gaining ground. And that at that point, we were on TV and things started going. And at that point, people started writing to us, not only with words of encouragement, but with, but with words of invitations, like, come do this, come see us here come join us for dinner, yeah. do this, do that. So that's when we started saying yes and opening ourselves up to new opportunities and meeting new people and, and leaving our comfort zone of just being ourselves traveling with our own, you know, cloud of, of whatever above <laughs> us. And, and the, the whole trip from that point on just burgeoned and we, we, we just followed a wave. We rode a wave of love across the United States from that point on. Yeah. Everyone just was, every, my mom became everyone's mother her grandmother. She personified all the goodness that everyone thinks about. And my goodness, it was quite an adventure for all of us. Yeah. Well, I was doing a lot of research and just found so much good information about the driving this enormous story that you chronicled. And every picture of your mother, she is smiling so broadly. And I've been, I downloaded your book and I haven't finished it, but it seems like there was a transformation and Ramey, you were in, in this book, your talk about the green giant. Maybe you could <laughs> share about this transformation of, of your mother, Tim, and Ramey's yeah. captured it. Yeah, yeah, my mom, going through the old photos, my, there are no photos of my mom smiling. It, it is, it's, it's kind of uncanny that you say this because since, since the green giant on, she started smiling. Well, well she always said, Oh, I don't take a good picture. You know, don't take pictures of me. I, you know, I never look good in a picture. And, and I remember years back that I used to make Tim like do a dance behind me while I had my camera to try to get one good picture of his mom and dad. She just, she just had this idea that she didn't take a good photo. And we um, knew that in blue earth, Minnesota, there was the world's largest um, jolly green giant statue that's what 55, 55 feet, feet tall and and it was on our way so we thought let's let's see how she's doing here with just the goofy americana roadside attractions that we knew were were part of going to be part of our trip and i'll tell you what she hammed it up she happened to total coincidence happened to be wearing mm -hmm. a green sweater that day mm -hmm. and we we get to this giant and she hands off her her cane to Tim she's like we don't want this in the picture and she stood up with her hands on her hips just like this giant giant head and made the goofiest face and all of a sudden she just kind of rolled into this this um person that we hadn't known yeah, yeah. and um and and just she taught us so much about living in the present moment and um embracing joy in all kinds of little things it was wonderful yeah i loved hearing that that transformation and and reading about how tim your relationship as a son and mother transformed as an adult to yes have a, to, yes I, I, I am i am really 
I'm so fortunate. I didn't rob myself of the opportunity to get to know my mom because the person I, I lived with for the last year of her life was not the person I grew up with or the person I knew, you know, infrequently from as an adult with, you know, summer visits. She, she turned out to be an incredible person. And I don't know whether it was me or the trip or her, her, her diagnosis of, of death or what, what gave her the permission to just be herself. But her true personality came out and she, she turned out to be a more incredible person I could ever imagine. And, and I would have never known this. I would have never known if she would have just gone off to a nursing home or I, we wouldn't have been around to, to share this last year with her. Her, poten her potential would have never been realized. You could, you could tell someone could be here 90 years and it would take your last year to really realize your potential. It seems, well, I think it's great that you can do it. Yeah, she definitely was an inspiration and, and the way you shared those stories because I did follow your journey uh, live time. It's still available on Facebook, but I yeah. was following you live and it was just so joyful to see her eat a, a special ice cream cone with some great flavor or something. Um, because I, I know that she had a lot of different experiences like the hot air balloon, but you also shared simpler experiences that with great smiles, I think it was lobster picture, uh, <laughs> lobster gram yeah you know we my mom kept a, a journal of the trip she would write it with a little pencil a few lines and she never shared it with us we never looked never asked but after she died we looked at it and the most interesting thing in there was not she didn't write a single thing about fame or death or or cancer or any of it it was, it was about the little things about mom and baby goats about seeing seeing some kids playing today or or just yeah. really the simple things, a, a, a Santa hat for a gift, or yep, yep. Someone gave her a, a nice bar of soap with a yeah. nice fragrance, and she wrote about that. It, yeah, it was the little things little, in life that just tickled her. Yeah, and um, what a lesson she taught us. Yeah. Oh, so many lessons, and you're listening to Embracing the Journey on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guests are authors of Driving Miss Norma, Tim. Bauerschmidt and Ramey Little. So on, as this became viral, the story of your adventures, of these big grand adventures, and then the little things, what were some of the reactions that, that you noticed or themes that showed up on Facebook? We, we were pretty shocked at, at the reaction that we got. And um, a, a couple of the things that came came to us were, you know, this could have never really happened had we not um, sat down and had this conversation with Norma about what's important to her at the end of life. And when we went viral, it, it kind of freaked us out. We were, um, Tim was really mad at me, <laughs> uh, really mad. And, and we were both like, what just happened to our lives? What happened to our relationship? What happened? You know, did we put Norma in, in some kind of danger? We never expected this to happen. And so the thing that we kind of came to terms with between us was, you know, if this story helps other people have that conversation and allows people to really um, be aware of, of what the quality of, of the value of the quality of life is for every individual person and for everyone it's different not everyone's going to want to go on an rv trip that's for sure and and so if we 
if our story allows us to encourage more people to have that conversation and to do advanced directives and all those things, um, then it's it's worth it. So yeah. that's what we came to terms with. And that that is exactly the kind of inspiration that you provided while I was following you live through your adventures is that facing this terminal diagnosis, but making sure that it's, that's not the focus. The focus was the joy each day. Yes. And that certainly came out. And so maybe you could share some stories about the way Miss Norma's joy impacted others on some of these adventures, some of the people she met, and some of the responses that people had to her in person. Well, one of the first ones was at Mount Rushmore. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so we were at Mount Rushmore and they have this, um, this, uh what do you call it a mock mock, um diorama thing where you can press down the dynamite um thing and and in a video it explodes the mountain and shows how how that whole thing worked when they made made these um giant rock um sculptures and so norma was there blowing up the mountain and she kept pressing down the dynamite and blowing it up and just giggling that she had that much power and there was a little nine-year-old boy that was watching from the side and he's just like mom I want to play and this lady won't let me play (laughs) she kept doing it over and over again um and and so then it, it drew a crowd you know there were people just getting um getting really excited about the joy of this 90 year old woman having so much fun um at at the park yeah it was it was pretty neat um I, I, my, what strikes me are the people that wrote to us more than people that we met. People, yeah. not it wasn't just people that were caregivers to caring for an elderly parent or people that were dealing with cancer. My mom somehow her 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 journey, her her strength gave other people strength for their own struggles. Unrelated to that, we there was an agoraphobic woman that wrote to us who hadn't been out of the house in years and. She said, well, if Miss Norma has the strength and courage to be doing this, I'm going to go take a walk. And she wrote back the next day. I I went out for a walk. I walked around the block. And she wrote to us for a few weeks. I'm still doing it. About, maybe it was after mom died, I think. It was like six months later. We got a message from the same woman. I'm still outside walking. I've lost 40 pounds. Thank you, Miss Norma. Thank you, Miss Norma. So here's an unexpected thing. Here's, how about a 16-year-old gaining inspiration from a 90 year old the 16 year old boy wanted to come out to his parents but he was afraid to come out as gay and he took strength from my mom to be able to do that so i it, it just runs again it just yeah we had people from all walks of life all over the world we had people from Djibouti, from easter island from the pharaohs everyone from around the world could relate to some some small part of my mom's story whether it was courage cancer love there was one that sticks out to me uh, a young woman from japan who her father was diagnosed with cancer and he made a decision similar to norma that he wanted to just drive around his country before he died and so he did and he decided not to have, uh, seek treatment and she was very angry with, with her dad. Um, she thought that he was being selfish and, and um, she, he, he eventually died and she had a really hard time coming to terms with his death um, and the grieving process. And, and she said, when she saw the joy in Norma's story, she reckoned back to the, 
joy that she actually saw in her father as he was doing the same thing. And she said it allowed her to find peace and, um, and a newfound respect for her father that, that she couldn't get to before. And that just really struck us. It just really touches my heart, all these wonderful stories. And all the pictures and, and the stories were always so happy and joyful. But were there any tough challenges about the conversation around the end of life as, as Ms. Norma's time became shorter? Well, I don't know if there was a... T- it wasn't tough for the talk. I don't think the talk, the, the stories, we did show a lot of the good stuff, the, the smiles, the good stuff. And our, all our Facebook friends followed us through all that. And we came to the point where my mom was, my mom's health was declining. We knew she was going to die real soon. And it was at that point we had to make a decision. Should we, do we show it all? Do we just show the good, good part of the end of life? Or do we show the nitty gritty, you know, what it, the truly the, truly everything and we decided to 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 show and, and there were a few people that said i'm sorry i can't watch anymore i, I gotta hang up facebook i can't follow you through the end but by golly all our facebook friends stuck with us and followed it through to the last day when my mom died over three million people responded to that post we had thirty-six thousand plus personal messages from people around the world it was truly incredible it, it was a privilege to be able to show the entire thing, not just the fun stuff and the happy smiles, but the nitty gritty. In the book, we describe how it is at the very end to have to take care of someone whose bodily functions are are are, are leaving them. Um, I, we showed we showed the whole thing, and, and I'm glad we did. And I, I think I think I I think everyone can now maybe have a little easier time talking to to their to their loved ones about about this, these things. The end of life. It's, it's something we're all striving for, right? It's we, we, we concentrate too much about about not, not dying. We don't concentrate enough about about actually living. So if I can add one thing, you know, we did a lot of interviews um, during during the course of her last few months. And we got a question that no one else had asked. And the and the question was to Norma, um, in your 91 years of life, what are you most proud of? And, you know, so I'm sitting there waiting for her to answer and thinking, well, she's got, you know, she great kids Two she raised incredible children. Um, she served in the war, part of the greatest generation. She, you know, she, she has plenty to be proud of. And she thought for quite a while. And then she just looked up at me and she said, what we're doing right now. Yeah, because wow. we shared it. She, we shared, we shared all these messages. Believe it or not, we would have hundreds of thousands of messages. We read every single one. That's amazing. Honest to yeah, God, it became more than a full time job. It became more than a full time job, yeah. and we shared things with mom. We 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 cried with her. We we would pray with, for people. We would just like put energy to people that were having well, seemingly were- tougher times than us that day. And and she knew what was going on. She knew what was going on, and and. We none of us could realize how powerful it was really while it was going on, but we knew something was happening. Every now and then, you know, when we were in public, we were getting recognized all the time because we had Norma and we also had Ringo, who's the standard a, a giant standard poodle. And so we were hard to miss when we were in public. And there were people who literally dropped to their knees and wept when they came across us at a you know crosswalk in a town somewhere. And so that's those are the times that. Boy, Norma really got the message that that what we're doing is making an impact. 
Yeah. Well, this has gone so fast and we're down to about a last minute, but I know that she had some special thoughts about what she wanted um, in terms of people to do for her condolences. So what, what was that? What does she want people to do? What is her legacy? She was really very clear that, that, you know, the time that we spent with her in the, in those last months, that it was all about kindness and, and joy and the kindness that we were shown in this in, incredible country, she felt like that's what needs to continue to happen. Um, and, and it's one person at a time, you know, be, you know, the, these, you hear about the random act of, acts of kindness, but she just, she wanted more joy and more kindness to be spread around the country. And, and so, you know, we didn't, she didn't want any flowers for us or a, a funeral or anything. She said, just, you know, think of somebody that, that you love or a random person and um, express that kindness somehow or another. Yeah. And, and I asked her, how, how do you want to be remembered, mom? And she goes, she thought about it. And she goes, that I was a nice person. It was that well, simple. Absolutely. And <laughs> if we I'm all just die Bur being a nice people, I think that's great. That's a great that is Fabulous. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. I've been talking with the authors of Driving Miss Norma, Tim Bauerschmidt and Ramey Little. And we want to thank you, uh, Tim and Ramey, so much. And you can tune in and listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. Thank you to our engineer, Ralph Henson, and to Jeff Wright for our theme music. Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome, Lori. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you.